Welcome back to Insights at Adapec 2022, day one here at Adapec. Um, here on the wood stand, we're going to be traveling deep into the minds of industry experts and influencers to gain insights and perspectives on the challenges and opportunities facing the energy sector. Uh, I'm your host, Amy Ironside, and delighted to be joined here today by Brian Chalmers and Dan Carter. Brian is uh, President of Growth and Development for our global operations business, and Dan Carter, our Global Vice President of Decarbonization and New Energies. Thank you so much both for joining us on the stand today. Um, maybe just before we get into it, today we're going to be talking about methane emissions, fugitive emissions and challenges, and how, how operators and energy producers can be working a bit differently in order to accurately detect, measure, capture those. I guess just before we get into it, why is this a conversation worth having? What are the challenges around methane emissions? Dan, I don't know if you can maybe just give us a bit of context on that. Yeah, so from a global warming perspective, Amy, emissions of methane have about 20 times the global warming potential of CO2. So effectively, if you're going to capture one tonne of methane, that has the same impact on capturing 20 tonnes of CO2 on global warming. So from that perspective, industrial processes can have methane emissions both from planned flaring, unplanned flaring events, and also through leaks. And it's really important to focus on methane as a reduction opportunity if we're going to address global warming. Very good. Brian, anything to, to add on that? Well, I think Dan covers it well. I, I think there's now, uh, you know, clearly on the drive towards net zero, we need to be looking at every which way we can make facilities more efficient. And methane emissions is one thing that the industry, any hydrocarbon facility has suffered from for a number of years. So it's that drive now, we've got the technology and things there to reduce it. Yeah, very good. So maybe just tell me, how are operators or how have operators monitored and managed their methane emissions to this point today? It's actually really challenging to monitor and quantify methane emissions, or it has been for operators in the past. And obviously, if you're going to manage methane emissions, the first thing you need to be able to do is to be able to pinpoint where they're coming from and also to be able to measure them and focus where you're going to put investment to make an impact on reducing those methane emissions. I think, you know, Brian can probably talk about some of the most recent techniques that have been employed to look at methane abatement or methane identification. And I think, you know, specifically to that question, there hasn't been any great science behind this over the years. I think, you know, certainly methane detection, a lot of that has just been a human process. It's operators out in the plant, it's doing site tours, it's picking up where you've got emissions. But again, the, the sophistication has to come up the curve to allow us to actually do something about it now. And that's probably where we're at with, you know, there's regulation that's now coming in place that means you've got to do something about it which actually means that we're going to have to use other technology and tools and systems to be able to control that. So if you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, it's coming in the US to, to cover the point on regulation. So operators now will only be allowed to emit 0.2% of their overall natural gas production from efficiency. So that means basically if you're producing a thousand tonnes of natural gas, you can only emit two tonnes of methane. Over and above that, the penalties for those emissions are going to be very severe. They're starting off from $1,200 rising to you know, $1,500 and above in 2026. And you see that now as the standard for policies that are coming in globally to encourage operators to reduce their methane emissions and to provide the incentive to invest in doing so and to provide the incentive to invest in better tools and techniques to address the challenge as well. I think I was just going to add to that as well. I think the interesting thing about the Inflation Reduction Act and the associated um, 
methane emission regulations that have come in, it's very much based on an estimate. So it's not based on, you know, the, the regulators are going to look at a facility and they're going to make an estimate, probably based on the number of hydrocarbon flanges that a facility has got. So it then all comes about actually being able to quantify the leak. The fines and penalties that we've seen, particularly in the US, are pretty stringent, which means it will drive action. So it then all becomes, how do you put controls in place that allow you to quantify the exact leaks that you're seeing so you can demonstrate back to the regulator that it's not a blanket? And I think it moves away from where we've seen things like methane detection through, uh, through drones where you're actually looking at a cloud. Again, you need to have a greater degree of quantification of that to be able to see. And that's what we're kind of looking at now is how do you get down and look at different uh, uh, parts of the facility so you can zone in on where you've actually got your methane leaks. Yeah, so for example, where you're using drone technology before to look at a methane cloud, you might now employ that drone technology with infrared sensors that allow you to pinpoint hotspots where leaks are more likely to occur. And so you can address the problem at source, but also you can build up data to be able to build those hotspots into your risk-based inspection and maintenance programs to prevent those leaks from occurring. I think maybe the other thing as well, in terms of the Inflation Reduction Act, whilst it's all about penalties and fines to try and drive that, it's also about there's, there's financial stimulation in there. There's 1.5 billion of investment that comes with that. So again, hopefully that's that, com that combination that will unlock uh, a change in that area. You referenced the um, the IRA in in the US. What, what, how does that translate in other you know in other parts of the world? You know, so we're starting to see this regulation change. How how is that changing, and what what, what are we seeing in different I guess kind of hotspots and markets around the world? So so the IRA that's come in, it's almost the gold standard, right, in terms of how the methane challenge is being addressed at the moment. Elsewhere in the world, we still see limits on CO2 equivalent emissions. We've got the CO2 emissions trading scheme in Europe as an example. But actually, what we're really talking about is good practice and maximising margin from these facilities. If we can avoid losses, then we're effectively maximising our margin and improving our profitability. And we shouldn't forget either in this discussion, Absolutely. reducing planned methane emissions as well. I mean, within woods, just about 18 months ago, we carried out a feed project for Bori gas in Libya that was equivalent to reducing methane emissions by 4 million tonnes a year by reducing plant flaring, utilising that gas and selling it rather than emitting it. So this is on lots of different scales, all the way through maintenance, through to reducing plant flaring and large emissions of methane as well. And I think, you know, whilst we haven't seen uh, a stringent regulation in other parts of the world. The fact that the US have done this and put that in place, it's inevitable that that's just the direction that people will go. So we're, we're bound to see it in all the other areas in which we work. And if you think about all the other standards over the years around you know, sulfur levels and the fuels we consume, that 0.2% threshold, once operators start to achieve that, will then start to be reduced as well to put in place more stringent regulations and decrease those methane emissions further. Yeah. Absolutely. And you make a really good point about, of course, this is the right thing to do environmentally, absolutely reducing methane emissions. But but there is a benefit to the, the operational efficiency and then therefore the profitability of um, assets as well. So um, absolutely. So what, what are some of the, the tools, the technologies, the methodologies that we're seeing operators begin to adopt in order to deliver on kind of their ambitions around methane reduction? I'll, I'll maybe kick off uh, on, on that one. You know, what we have seen is 
uh, probably an evolution over the last couple of years that there's more fixed sensors being installed in facilities. So when you actually look at new facilities that have been built, that's been built into the design, which is good. Um, but there's a number of facilities around the world that just don't have that, that degree of sensors in place. So one of the things that we've uh, done as a business, we've partnered with a company called ExplorerBot and, and that ExplorerBot, they've got software and uh, sensors that actually allow a much higher degree of accuracy in terms of uh, looking at all your production facilities so you can pinpoint uh, methane detection leaks. And the key thing there, it takes, as I say, I mentioned before, kind of methane cloud mapping and all the rest of it, it takes it from a high number right back down into your facility so you can actually see on the compressor where you've maybe got 30 different flanges you can pinpoint that down to the one or two flanges that are leaking, which means you can actually go and take immediate corrective action and fix that at source. The other good thing in doing that though, it also captures uh, a digital twin of your facility. So it's all about continuous monitoring. So it's not a, a one-off exercise. That's something that allows you then to monitor a facility once a day, twice a day, three times a day, until you can actually build up trends that you can actually see where you've got emissions leakage. I think that trend build-up is really important because then you can employ data analytics techniques on top of the data that has been gathered by a tool like ExplorerBot and use that to apply to different facilities. It's where the opportunity for collaboration comes in as well, to look at best practice in terms of both identifying emissions and mitigating them. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the data point you talk on is interesting because we know that that's where the power is, right? The power yeah. is all in the data. So what what can tools like ExplorerBot and others and those softwares and technologies, how can they help maybe in a broader sense? How, how, how can that data feed into the broader digital twin of an asset, for example, to maybe have a bigger impact? I think, you know, the opportunities there are endless. You know, I, I think where you've got a digital twin in place, there's so many applications. You can have a single point application, which is around methane monitoring. You can also use it for corrosion monitoring. You can start doing thermal mapping on facilities. So for me, it's just about being able to get access to that data. And then, you know, there's a number of things that you can do to manipulate that and play with the data. But that, you know, I, I see, I do see huge efficiency opportunities with the more uh, digital twins that we can get in place where you can maximize uh, your production, you can monitor your corrosion rates, you can map your methane, all of that is within that, that digital asset, that digital twin that you can capture. So it's all about frequency of capturing the data. And these are tools as well that can be built up entirely throughout the design phase as well as into operation that provides you benefits in addition in terms of efficiency of operation. And again, impact on your margin and the ultimately your bottom line as an organization. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And so we, we know that there's a we know there's a need. We know that there's some technology out there that can help operators get what they need. I guess my question would be: At what stage are we in this process? You know, are we building momentum? Are we seeing technology being deployed at scale? Are we starting to see an impact? Or do you think we're kind of at the beginning of that curve and and heading into something good? I think my own personal perspective would be: We're on the we're on the upward part of the curve, right? So now. Most of the operators around the world, they see the benefit, they understand the tools and technology that exist, but they also understand where the gaps are that we need to develop to be able to exploit the opportunity further. What we need is more data, so we need more experience. Yeah. We need to actually deploy these tools and the solutions and then roll them out across more and more assets to build that momentum. Yeah, I would agree. I think we are on that upward trend. You know, but 
the good thing is over the last few years, I think the industry has been preparing itself for, for this. So where we see new facilities, as I say, I've seen a lot of the, the monitoring uh, in design. Um, I think it is though the Inflation Reduction Act and things that will come in that will drive that step change. It's going to be the consequence of not being able to quantify um, your, your methane leakage rate is so significant that for a, for a relatively small price, you can actually provide a higher degree of accuracy. So I think that's what will drive the change in the industry. Very good. So we've covered a lot of ground. I'm going to ask you both now to come back to me with your kind of key, key, key takeaways on the challenges and opportunities around methane, uh, methane reduction. I'm going to come to you first, Dan. So for me, it's all about identifying as an opportunity and exploiting it. And it comes down to looking at your energy efficiency as an asset putting in place the tools you need to do to be able to measure those methane leaks and starting off simple. Start off with good housekeeping. Look at how you can then evolve from there. Very good. Brian, yeah. anything to add? Yeah, again, it's going to be similar. I think good housekeeping was the one thing you said there that we start to mean. It's about doing the basics and doing it right. But it's also about access to data. The more data that we can get, the more you can use that data to start driving a step change. So I think we're in a great place. I'm really enthused with some of the work that we are doing with some of our customers where we're seeing great results. Um, but yeah, I think over the next few years, this is going to significantly ramp up into something that's far more material. I think come back to that point on collaboration as well. So collaboration of the operating companies with ourselves, but also with each other to be able to identify best practice in this space to really make the most of the opportunity. Absolutely. And I think it's a great point to finish on. It was trust that was sitting in the back of my mind. I think there's no doubt about it. We have the technology and the experience to make this a reality. So a bit of trust and we can maybe get up that curve. So thank you so much for a great conversation today. That brings us to the close of this episode um, at ADAPEC, where we explore the global methane detection challenges and how we're decarbonizing energy through innovative and digital solutions. At Wood, our curiosity keeps us pushing, innovating and making the impossible possible. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you.